Welcome to our podcast, Worship Service Remote, for First United Methodist Church of West Pittston and for Plains United Methodist Church of Plains, Pennsylvania. Our scripture readings for later in the service will be Matthew 18, verses 1 through 7, and 1 Corinthians chapter 8, 1 through 4, and then skipping to 8b through 12. I am Reverend Tenny Rupnick, and my email address is tenhutrup at gmail.com. That's T-E-N-H-U-T-R-U-P at gmail.com. Please send me any prayer requests you have and let me know if they're private in nature or if it's okay for me to share your prayer request on the next week's podcast so that your church family may be praying with you and for you. Our prayer requests for our charge this week are for Clyde Dukes, for Beverly Kondo, for Rebecca, who is fighting cancer, for Sue and Ty Williams, for all our healthcare workers and first responders, and for all our governmental and civic leaders. And before we begin this morning, just please be reminded that the church services are continuing to meet in the building, in their buildings for the time being. Though this is subject to change, of course, if there's any upsurge of the pandemic in our area, and if we have to lock down on our public meetings, how many people can can be together at once, that kind of thing. Please be in prayer for the leadership of your church, for these decisions are not easy ones to make, and they're often not popular. So they do appreciate your prayer. But as for now, we are so happy to be gathering back into our church buildings once again. If you can come and worship with us, please do so. We would love to see you there. The ninth Sunday after Pentecost, August 2nd, 2020. Our first hymn this morning is 139 in the hymnal. Praise to the Lord, the Almighty. Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. O my soul, praise him, for he is thy health and salvation. All ye who hear, now to his temple draw near. Join me in glad adoration. Praise to the Lord, who o'er all things so wondrously reigning, bears the eagle's wings, air in his keeping maintaining. God's care enfolds all whose true good he upholds. Hast thou not known his sustaining? Praise to the Lord who doth prosper thy work and defend thee. Surely his goodness and mercy here daily attend thee. Ponder anew what the Almighty can do who with his love doth befriend thee. 
Praise to the Lord who doth nourish thy life and restore thee, fitting thee well for the tasks that are ever before thee. Then to thy need, God as a mother doth speed, spreading the wings of grace o'er thee. Praise to the Lord, O oh, let all that is in me adore him. All that hath life and breath come now with praises before him. Let the Amen sound from his people again, gladly forever adore him. Our gathering meditation for this morning is taken from Psalm 145, verses 18 through 20a. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of all who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him. Our call to worship. Praise the Lord, for he builds up the faithful. Praise our God, for he gathers together the outcasts. Our God heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He lifts up the downtrodden. He casts down the wicked. The Lord is happy with those who love and hope in his steadfast love. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. How good it is to give praises to our God our invocation. We search for you and long for you, Almighty God. May your spirit surround us and indwell within us now and forevermore. Amen. Our next hymn for this morning is Lord of the Dance, number 261. This is an interesting hymn to me. It's a little bit more recent or, or current, familiar. Some people love it, some people really don't like it. But I think it helps if you remember that this hymn is in the first person and Jesus is the one speaking. So if you listen to the words in that, in that way and remember that it's Jesus speaking to us, I think that it has more impact. I danced in the morning when the world was begun and I danced in the moon and the stars and the sun. And I came down from heaven, and I danced on the earth at Bethlehem. I had my birth. Dance then, wherever you may be. I am the Lord of the dance, said he, and I'll lead you all wherever you may be, and I'll lead you all in the dance, said he. I danced for the scribe and the Pharisee, but they would not dance and they would not follow me. I danced for the fishermen, for James and John. They came to me and the dance went on. Dance then wherever you may be. I am the Lord of 
the dance, said he, and I'll lead you all wherever you may be, and I'll lead you all in the dance, said he. I danced on the Sabbath when I cured the lame. The holy people said it was a shame. They whipped and they stripped and they hung me high and they left me there on a cross to die. Dance then wherever you may be. I am the Lord of the dance, said he, and I'll lead you all wherever you may be, and I'll lead you all in the dance, said he. I danced on a Friday and the sky turned black. It's hard to dance with the devil on your back. They buried my body and they thought I'd gone, but I am the dance and I still go on. Dance then wherever you may be. I am the Lord of the dance, said he, and I'll lead you all wherever you may be, and I'll lead you all in the dance, said he. They cut me down and I leapt up high. I am the life that'll never, never die. I'll live in you if you live in me. I am the Lord of the dance, said he. Dance then wherever you may be. I am the Lord of the dance, said he, and I'll lead you all wherever you may be, and I'll lead you all in the dance, said he. Joining together now in our confession of faith, may we recite the Apostles' Creed. Let us say what we believe and believe what it is that we say. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. Now is the time in our podcast in which we turn to the children's message. Kids, our scripture for this morning is taken from a Bible book called Galatians. It's got some strange words in it, so just listen to it. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. This Bible verse from Galatians is from a very old Bible called the King James Version. I like this version of the words because it uses the word bear, and I like bears. 
stuffed bears, Pooh Bear, Paddington Bear, bears in zoos, and on TV. The verse tells us to bear one another's burdens, but what does that mean? Well, burdens are problems and, and bad feelings that weigh us down and make us sad or tired. And the word bear here isn't like the fuzzy kind of bear that I talked about. The word bear here means to hold something up or to carry it. This is how the same scripture, the same, same part of the Bible reads in a newer translation of the Bible. Listen to this. It's the same scripture. Share each other's troubles and problems. So to bear each other's burdens means to share each other's troubles and problems. But how can you share someone's problems with, with him or her? Do you have any ideas? What if one of your friends is having trouble with a bully on the way home from school, for example? How could you share his problem with the bully? I mean, you don't want to get bullied, right? Well, maybe you could walk home with him and help him stand up to the bully. Maybe you could go with him to talk to a teacher or another adult who could help. Maybe you could remind your friend that sometimes it doesn't always work, but sometimes ignoring the bully is the best thing to do. And what if one of your friends is feeling very sad because her dog or her cat died? How could you bear or share her troubles with her? Maybe you could help her. You could bear or share the troubles by just being a good listener. When they're sad, when she's sad, listen to what she's saying. It might make her feel better just to remember what a wonderful pet she had. And she can remember that by talking to you. Or maybe you've lost a pet and you remember how sad you felt when that happened. And you could tell your friend about losing your pet and how sad you felt. You might even be able to help your friend find a new pet when, when she's ready. When someone is going through a tough time, it helps to know that he or she is not alone. Sharing our troubles with each other is a good way to make big troubles seem much smaller because when we have a friend with us, all the, the big bad things do seem so much smaller. And God wants each one of us to be a good trouble sharer or bearer. Let us pray. You can repeat after me. Lord God, help us to be trouble sharers and trouble bearers. Amen. Our prayer for illumination. Gracious God, we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from your mouth. Make us hungry for this heavenly food, that it may nourish us today in ways of eternal life. Help us so to hear your holy word that we may truly understand, that understanding we may believe, and believing we may follow in all faithfulness and obedience, seeking your honor and glory in all that we do. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, and the bread of heaven, we pray. Amen. Our gospel reading is Matthew 18, 1 through 7. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a child whom he put among them, and Jesus said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever becomes humble 
like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. If any of you put a stumbling block before one of these little ones who believe in me, it would be better for you if a great millstone were fastened around your neck and you were drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe to the world because of stumbling blocks. Occasions for stumbling are bound to come, but woe to the one by whom the stumbling block comes. Our epistle reading is from 1 Corinthians 8, verses 1 through 4, and then skipping ahead to verses 8 to B through 12. Paul wrote to the believers at Corinth, now concerning food sacrifice to idols, we know that all of us possess knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Anyone who claims to know something does not yet have the necessary knowledge, but anyone who loves God is known by him. Hence, as to the eating of food offered to idols, we know that no idol in the world really exists and there is no God but one. We are no worse off if we do not eat and no better off if we do. But take care that this liberty of yours does not, not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For when you sin thusly against members of your family and wound their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Paul has been asked a question, and here in this text just read, he is getting back to the folks who have asked it of him. Here in the letter he's writing, he's doing his very best to answer their question. Paul is answering a specific question here, a question that the believers at the city of Corinth have posed to him. He's answering a question that has been much on their minds as of late, a question that is about meat. Yeah, meat as in meat for dinner, meat that is roasted or fried, as in beef or pork perhaps, but more likely for these ancient peoples, meat as in goat meat or small mammal meat or meat from local birds. Fresh market meat is what he's talking about. These believers were asking Paul, is it okay for us as Christ believers to eat the meat from our city market? And these folks, these new followers, they were not asking Paul about the okayness of eating meat because they wanted to start a, a vegan fad or anti-hunting movement. They were asking if they could eat the meat sold at the market for another reason altogether. They were asking because of a reason that had to do with foreign gods, gods spelled with a small g, and because of our God, spelled with a capital G, they were asking because of a reason to do with human weakness and divine vengeance. Let me explain. You see, in ancient times, people did kind of mostly eat a mainly vegetarian diet. Specifically, these folks around Corinth, they had honey and nuts and seeds they ate a hard, flat bread, which they soaked in wine so that it would soften enough that they could easily chew it. They ate many types of grains, 
and at that time they were just discovering the sweetness of a brown cane sugar. They had berries, and occasionally they even ate certain bugs. They had olives and olive oils. But they did not have a lot of protein, a lot of animal product in general, or a lot of brain-healthy fats in their daily diets. We tend to think of fat as a bad thing because we have so much food and some of us have fat on our bodies. But of course, fat is needed in the proper functioning of our systems. And so meat was a very big deal for them, especially fatty meats, a much bigger deal than it is for us. Ancient city peoples only got the richer farmed meat as a limited treat. And the ancient city peoples really needed meat physically because it was so rare to their diet. They needed it for their health and their wellness. They needed it in order to be strong and to thrive. And the only place the ancient Corinthians could get those special fatty meats was from their local city market. Now, of course, we have to get all of our modern grocery store ideas out of our heads when thinking about local city markets of their day. No shiny, recently mopped, tiled floors here. No fluorescent lights or sanitary packaging. No modern standards of cleanliness whatsoever. No understanding of bacteria or of microorganisms or of germs. In those days, to walk into, to, to walk up to a city market was to walk through a filthy street and to stay outside, to walk into a dusty, sun-baked village center and to buy meat from where it lay outside on a log or on a mat of palm leaves, on a, on a dirty cloth, or from the back of a snorting and stinking and shifting pack animal. And here's the kicker. Here's the point that is most relevant to this scripture. The ancient local meat was supplied by the local temple. That is, market meat sellers got the market meat from a local temple, and those temples were temples to false gods of false religions. And the meat they provided was cut from the carcasses of animals, which had just been sacrificed to those false gods. So think about it. You're a Jewish person way back then who has an aversion to pork and issues with butchering and blood to begin with, or you're another kind of convert who has another set of food rules altogether. But either way, you're a new believer in this new faith in Jesus Christ. And you walk by the market and you see the meats which need to be sold before the flies gather and the, the maggots set in. And you and your family really need the nutrition and fats they provide. It's a matter of your health. But you know that the meat was involved in pagan and unrighteous rituals to pagan and false gods. Maybe it's too hard for us to imagine, but it was a real issue for them. Think of it this way. It would be maybe something like us desperately needing health care or vaccines, medical care for ourselves and our children so that we wouldn't become sick or, or sicker than we already are. But the only medical clinic nearby was a clinic run by the, by the Satan worshipers of America. It sounds ridiculous, I know. But the point is that this was a real deal of a question for the new believers in Christ in the region of Corinth. We need this meat, they worried. Our families need this meat. 
but it was slaughtered through questionable practices and wrongness and evil. Can we eat it? And so they decided to ask the great teacher, Paul, by letter about their meat question. And you know what Paul said to that? You know what he said? He wrote back to them, eat it or don't eat it. That doesn't matter. And Paul went on to say, it doesn't matter if you eat it or refrain from eating it because we are true believers of a true God. Idols are nothing. They have no power, no substance. It doesn't matter if these idol worshipers in the temple said Alakazula, Michikabula, Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo, or, or waved a witch's wand over the meat. It's all nonsense and noise. Paul said, Our God is all powerful and almighty, and other people's ignorance and foolishness has no impact upon our Lord's greatness or our faith, or indeed upon that meat you want to eat. But, and this is where Paul says, but. But I want you to remember that others are trying out this faith for themselves. Others are young in their trust in Jesus. And they are watching you all, looking to you all for direction and leadership and inspiration. And if your eating of that meat causes them to stumble or to fall in their efforts, then do not do it. Then do not eat the meat. Just don't do it. You see, with Paul, it wasn't about the rules. It wasn't about the boxes we get to check or aren't supposed to check as followers. With Paul, it wasn't about those who were strong in their faith at all. It wasn't about the right or wrong indulgence of that salty bit of ham or crispy ch crunch of chicken skin in their mouths or on their tongues. And it especially wasn't about the pagan unbelievers and their bloody sacrifices or animal carcasses or their wicked ways and beliefs. It wasn't about any of that for Paul at all, because he knew it was all utter rot and nonsense. And he knew that we were and are entirely freed from all that as believers. And he knew that our God is very real and very alive and very, very powerful, and that no abracadabra or silly tricks had any substance or relevance. But what it was about for Paul, what it was about for him, was what our practices and behaviors did to others, especially to those new and floundering others, to the young and struggling others. What it was about for Paul was what the practices and behaviors and habits of the strong in their faith did to others and for others who were weaker in their faith. Whether practices and behaviors and habits provided a good example or a bad one for them, whether they set up a stumbling block in front of them, or whether they provided a starting block for them. A stumbling block or a starting block. Think about that, because we are all blocking all the time when it comes to the faith of others. They hear what we say, they watch what we do, and they learn and learn and learn from us. They learn from the good things like our faith and trust. They also learn from the bad, like our hypocrisy and our selfishness. And no matter what they're seeing from us as faith-filled believers at any time, they are being blocked. We are blocking them. 
We are either stumbling blocking them by getting in the way of their growth and limiting them by putting up a roadblock or a defensive line to their faith and right living, or we are starting blocking them like runners at a starting block at the beginning of their race. You know what I mean when I say starting block, right? The support blocks a runner will position themselves upon and against as he or she get down and into a squatting kind of starting position and gets ready set to burst forward from them at the beginning of their race. So you see, we're always blocking, either by being a stumbling block to those weaker and newer in their faith or a starting block for them as we are getting behind them and out of the way of their growth and supporting them by providing an unmovable and firm footing from which they can burst forth and run on in the race of their faith. And so, Paul was answering the letter from the Corinthians and he was answering their questions about rules and about propriety and about meat. And Paul was saying, Eat the meat or don't eat it. It won't hurt or help you because you are under the almighty power and never-ending love of the true God. But Paul didn't leave his written reply dangling there. He also wrote to those believers at Corinth in something of a challenge as he continued on to say, Do you still think it's about you? Well, it's not. God's got this, but you need to consider, will you be a stumbling block or a starting block for others? Will you be puffed up with rules and knowledge, or will you be puffed up with love? And you know what? Paul also challenges us as well as 21st century followers of Christ, as modern-day Christian believers— as members of Christ's body who worship and learn and live and love in West Pittston or Plains or wherever it is that we normally reside. Yes, Paul is challenging us as well, and and not about meat sacrificed to idols, that isn't our issue, but rather about everything that we say and do as Christ's disciples. Yes, Paul is still challenging us as we read these words or hear these words read around 2,000 years later. As he asks us, do you still think it's about you? Well, it's not. God's got this, but you need to consider, will you be a stumbling block or a starting block for others? Will you be puffed up with rules and knowledge or will you be puffed up with love? In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our next hymn for this morning is number 308 in our hymnal. Thine be the glory. I'll be reading it. Thine be the glory, risen, conquering sun. Endless is thy victory. Thou or death hast won. Angels in bright raiment rolled the stone away, kept the folded grave clothes where thy body lay. Thine be the glory, risen, conquering sun. Endless is the victory thou or death hast won. Lo, Jesus meets thee, risen from the tomb. Lovingly he greets thee, scatters fear and gloom. Let the church with gladness hymn of triumph sing. For our Lord now liveth, death 
hast lost its sting. Thine be the glory, risen, conquering sun. Endless is thy victory. Thou or death hast won. No more we doubt thee, glorious prince of life. Life is not without thee. Aid us in our strife. Make us more than conquerors through thy deathless love. Bring us safe through Jordan to thy home above. Thine be the glory, risen conquering sun. Endless is the victory thou or death hast won. At this point in our podcast, we remember our call to support our churches with our time, our talents, and our treasure. Please remember that even though this podcast may make it easier sometimes not to be at church, please remember that your church family still needs you in person. They need your smiles, your presence, your gifts, your grace. Church attendance should not be about what we get out of it. Rather, it should always be about what we are meant to give to others. As God gave generously to us, so we give back onto our God. And so I say now, as I say every week, just as our Almighty God gave entirely of God's self for our stakes, we are likewise called to give up of ourselves for the sake of others. Let us pray. Living and loving God, your love for us, for us is unfathomable. Open our ears to hear the cries of your neediest children. Open our eyes to see injustice. Open our minds to embrace compassion. Continue to increase our willingness to give to others because of our love for you. We place our offerings before you when we do in obedience and utter gratitude. And all God's children say, Amen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise God, all creatures here below. Praise God above, ye heavenly host. Praise Creator Christ and Holy Ghost. Amen. And now as we have so gathered not together in body physically, but still together as the body of Christ. Let us bend the knees of our hearts and bow our heads before our Creator, Sustainer, and Lord in prayer. Let us pray. O Lord, hear our prayer. O Lord, hear our prayer. When we call, answer us. O Lord, hear our prayer, O Lord, hear our prayer, come and listen to us. Merciful God, full of grace, hear our prayers of confession and our prayers of need in these next few moments of silence. Merciful God, full of grace, you swing wide the doors of welcome this day. Enable us to walk through them and into your love and mercy. Protect us from harm, Lord, as we trust in your protection and travel your paths of faith. 
Speak to us through the teachings this day, our God, that we may devote ourselves to following your steps and experiencing your presence and peace. Even as the wounds of Jesus remind us of the healing and hope you offer through his resurrection, at the same time we face our own wounds and repeatedly fall into doubt and despair, into disobedience and sin. Help us to face without fear the realities that separate us from you and from one another, O God. Guide us onto paths of wholeness that we may walk closely with you, who loves and cares for us, and with others who need our love and care. And allow us to never forget, even though we walk away, you always welcome us back into your loving arms and your holy presence. It is in Christ's name we offer this prayer and continue to pray as he taught us to, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our final hymn is The Old Rugged Cross, number 504. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it some day for a crown. Oh, that old rugged cross, so despised by the world, has a wondrous attraction for me. For the dear Lamb of God left his glory above to bear it to dark Calvary. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it some day for a crown. In that old rugged cross, stained with blood so divine, a wondrous beauty I see. 
For twas on that old cross Jesus suffered and died to pardon and sanctify me. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it some day for a crown. To the old rugged cross I will ever be true. Then he'll call me some shame, oops, shame and reproach gladly bear. Then he'll call me some day to my home far away, where his glory forever I'll share. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross and exchange it some day for a crown. Amen. I skipped ahead in that last verse, as you heard, but that's the whole point. We are not perfect. Thank you, Lord, for the old rugged cross. Before we take our leave now of one another, may we recite the prayer of St. Francis of Assisi together. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith, where there is hope, where there is darkness, light, and where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console others, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born into eternal life. Amen. Grant, O Lord, that what has been said with our lips we may believe in our hearts, and what we believe in our hearts we may practice in our lives. Through Jesus Christ our Lord and all God's children say, Amen. Shalom to you now. Shalom, my friends. May God's full mercies bless you, my friends, in all your living and through your loving, Christ be your shalom. Christ be your shalom. Shalom to you now. Shalom, my friends. May God's full mercies bless you, my friends. In all your living and through your loving, Christ be your shalom. 
Christ be your shalom.